Okay, we are going to be reading in Matthew chapter 18, starting from verse 21. Matthew 18:21. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seven Seven, uh, but up to seventy times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, along with his wife and children, and all that he had and repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But the slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, and he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave, his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling, and he went and he threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So, when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved, and they came and reported it to their Lord, what had ha- all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, you forgave, you wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt, because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord, moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that he owed. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Let me tell you a story of a, of a, uh, a rogue trader in the UK that was just convicted this past November. And it was uh, because of things that he had done between 2008 and 2011. His name is Kikyu Adoboli. Kikyu Adoboli. He's a Ghanaian-born son of a UN diplomat. And he lived in the UK, was educated in the UK. At the age of 28, he started trading for UBS, which is Switzerland's largest bank. At the age of 32, he was convicted. His salary was 360,000 British pounds, which is like half a million dollars a year was his salary. Um, so, you know, going to investment banking and trading, I mean, here you go. So, so um, he caused a loss in UBS's share price of 2.3 billion pounds, which is something like, like 3 billion or 3.5 billion dollars. He had 1.4 billion pounds in direct losses and 7.5 billion in exposure. So another 7.5 billion in, in, in exposure. So the total losses are around 12 billion dollars to that company from this one rogue trader. He had a wild lifestyle, even needing payday loans. Uh, one summer he spent 200,000 dollars. He lost 200,000 dollars in gambling losses. He was educated in a Quaker school in the UK. And his father, who is the UN diplomat, said of his children, This is not our way of life. I brought them up to be God-fearing and to appreciate decency. Um, so, so that is one rogue trader. There's another rogue trader that was recently convicted. This is a, a Frenchman 
named Jerome Curviel. He was, uh, he was uh, um, in October 2012, he was ordered to uh, uh, begin repayment. Uh, he, he caused losses of 4.9 billion euros. 4.9 billion euros. So this is something on the order of, uh, right now, I don't know, seven and a half, around seven and a half billion dollars, uh, which it would take him 300,000 years to earn. He was ordered to begin repayment. Uh, it's the biggest losses in history. He was uh, given three years of jail time. And you say, well, why just three years? It's because the, these guys say that they were doing this for the company and the company knew. So anyway, so, but, but these huge losses that these people would incur. Okay, so with that, you see that it is possible to lose billions of dollars. So Peter comes to Jesus in, in, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, and he says, How often shall I forgive my brother? How often shall, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Now, Peter was being really good in this because of the Pharisees taught, and you can look at it. It's all documented. It's still there in the Mishnah it, that you forgive three times. So Peter thinks, okay, you know, I'm approaching Jesus. Let me just boost up this number. I mean, it's, it's, uh, how, how often should I forgive him? Should I forgive him seven times? And, and thinking that, that uh, uh, he, was, he was somehow good in this, and Jesus said, no. He says, not seven times, but up to 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. So Jesus says, 70 times seven. And if we think that means 490 times it's probably wrong because Jesus is saying we have to forgive from the heart. And if we're counting, okay, that's one or that's 332, there's something wrong with the heart. So Jesus says, this is why things like this are happening. In the, this is, we can relate this to the kingdom of heaven. He says, for this reason, in verse 23, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Alright, so, so what we get immediately out of this is that there will be a day of settlement. A day of settlement will come. None of us are going to escape. We will escape hell if we know Jesus. We will get to heaven, but a day of settlement will come. With all men, with all women, a day of settlement would come. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like this. A day of settlement comes. And he says, when he began to settle, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Okay, so, one talent was 15 years wages. 10,000 talents then is 150,000 years wages. You think, oh, that's impossible. Well, look at the rogue trader. 300,000 years. It is possible. 150,000 years this man is responsible for. 150,000 years of wages. And at 50, say $50,000 a year, just put it in our terms, 150,000 years, $50,000 salary a year, that'd be $7.5 billion. This is, this is why, why these numbers are really quite large. In fact, most people don't even know the difference between a million and a billion. Oh, a million dollars, a billion dollars, what's the difference? It's hugely different. A million seconds, a million seconds, 
is 11 days. A billion seconds is 32 years. So if somebody told you to wait a billion seconds, it's very different than waiting a million seconds. These are very different numbers. So this man owes $7.5 billion is what he owes. And, and uh, so then he, the king wished to settle account, and when he had begun to settle them, the one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have means to repay, his lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And the lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Okay, so this is really interesting because it, it says that, it, it says in verse 25, but since he did not have means to repay, this man did not have the means to repay. Nobody has the means to repay $7.5 billion. He didn't have means to repay 150,000 years of debt. Yet the man says, be patient with me and I'll pay you back everything. So you see that even in the repentance, it's not sincere. It cannot be sincere. Even in the repentance, it's not sincere. How does a man incur this type of debt? This is, can only occur through gross negligence. This is not a small thing. Only through gross negligence. It is impossible to pay back that much money. Just impossible. It's a terrible abuse of the king's resources. And, and uh, it's an insincere repentance because he's saying, don't worry, I'll pay you back. I'm good for it. You know I'm good. We're friends, aren't we? You know I'm good for this. No way he could pay it back. No way he could pay this thing back. So, if we think that everybody who is going to come and ask for forgiveness is 100% sincere. Well, I'll forgive you when you're sincere. I don't know. I mean, that king didn't say that. He forgave him the debt. He forgave him the debt. A huge debt. He forgave him. Even when the repentance could not have been sincere. Because the guy knew there's no way he could pay this money back. And in spite of it not being sincere, the debt was forgiven. The debt is forgiven in spite of it not being sincere. It says in verse 27, And the Lord of the slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Look at the heart of this Lord. It wasn't like, Oh, well, I have to do this. No, he says he felt compassion for this slave. There was something from his heart that went out to this man, even in this man's insincerity, even in this man's terrible abuse of everything, squandering of this man's wealth. Like we read of that one trader. This one trader had a, had, was making a half a million dollars a year, and he was broke. He had to take payday loans. And he gambled away money. It's, and, and, and I had read about this guy. He, he had uh, uh, loose women and fast cars. And, you know, he's just squandering all of this money himself. 
And so this man's life was probably atrocious. And the Lord didn't say, well, you know, when your life cleans up, then I'll forgive you. No, it says, He forgave him from his heart. Even with an insincere repentance. Rather than the guy saying, there is no way that I could ever repay you. The only thing I have is to fall utterly on your mercies. I am wrong. I blew your money. I, I, I squandered it. It wasn't a repentance like that. He just fell down. He says, I'm good for it. I'll pay you back everything. Insincere. Insincere in this. But the Lord demonstrates for us, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Even with an insincere repentance, God does not you know, say, well, you know, when you're more sincere about this. No. This is the way our Lord is. Then in verse 28 it says, Then the slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So a hundred denarii, that's not an insignificant amount. A denarii is a day's wage, so you've got a hundred days' wage. So, so say that's something like half a year's worth of, of, of working days, so say $25,000. So it's not five cents. $25,000. It's not an insignificant amount of money. But in comparison to what the other guy owed, it's in the noise. And, and uh, he finds his fellow slave, and look at the behavior. So he's not just settling accounts. He finds his fellow slave, he sees him, and he begins to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe. So the response is very different. This, the, the Lord was just going and he was settling accounts. We don't see anything where he said, you know, you know, where he started choking the guy. Here he starts choking him and he says, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. And now this is a debt that is payable. I mean, one can pay back a debt of $25,000. This is the size of debt that one can pay back. He says, have mercy on me. Have patience with me and I'll pay you back. He says, I'll do it. He says, but he was, but he was unwilling and he threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had, had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way I had mercy on you? So what is the principle here? You should have had mercy on your fellow slave the same way I had mercy on you. The same way that I had mercy on you, you are to have mercy on your fellow slave. Not a tough analogy. God tells us we are to forgive in the same way that He forgives us. He doesn't judge the sincerity. He forgives. God is gracious and He forgives. This is what God does. God forgives and He expects the same from us. And now look how serious this is. Verse 34, And His Lord moved with anger, handed Him over to the torturers until He should repay all that was owed him. 
my heavenly Father will also do the same to you. If each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. That's, that's what he sums this up with. The same is going to happen to you if you don't forgive from your heart. If you are harboring unforgiveness toward anyone, read this, look at this, and be fearful. Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. You want to see what the kingdom of heaven is like? It's like this. It's like this. Turn over to James, James chapter 2. James chapter 2. And we're going to start reading, we're going to read uh, James chapter 2, verse 13. James 2, 13. For judgment will be merciless to one who shows no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Judgment will be merciless to him who shows no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. If we take an attitude of judging the other, it says, be careful. Mercy triumphs over judgment and your judgment will be merciless. Let's turn over to the words of Jesus in... in, in, uh, in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, says this. Matthew six twelve. This is in what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is really the prayer that the, the Lord told us to pray. His disciples asked him, uh, uh, what should, how should we pray? He says, pray like this. And so now in verse 12 it says, And forgive us our debts as we for all also have forgiven our debtors. So you see that in this prayer that the Lord told us to pray, we are to say, Forgive us our debts as we also forgive others. In the same way that we forgive others, forgive us. And so you know what God says? Okay, prayer answered. In the same way you forgive, I'll forgive you. And that's why in verse 14 he says, of of Matthew 6, For if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Whoa. That should fill you with the fear of God. This is exactly what he said. This is how important forgiveness really is. Oh, well, that one guy, he really did me wrong. I'm never going to forgive him. Uh Uh-oh. That's a really bad thought. That's a really bad thought. Because he puts before us this example. If you are a believer in Christ, you will very much go to heaven. But there is tremendous reward to be lost. Tremendous reward to be lost if we harbor unforgiveness. So let's put it down to something really practical. I have seen in working with people that one of the hardest things for people to get to is a point of releasing those who have abused them physically. If you have ever been raped, if you ever have been sexually molested as a child, God does not want us to carry that. Or, you know what can be even harder than that? 
is that one of your, of your children is sexually molested. You know, you think of taking someone who means more to you than yourself and having them be sexually molested by a neighbor or someone like that. You know, if you carry that, you will carry that to your grave. You want to be turned over to the torturers? Hold on to that. And your life will be torture. But if you release that, it doesn't mean you have to be that individual's friend. But you say, Lord, work in my life to forgive as you have forgiven me. To let that thing go. Let it go. And it is not I who ask you to do that. Who am I? I don't ask you to do that. It is Him who hung on the cross, who with nails in His hand and His feet, pouring out blood, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, if we say, well, yeah, I'll forgive Him. When He comes to apologize, I'll forgive Him. Oh, really? So, all the people were coming to the cross while Jesus was hanging on it and apologizing to Him? When He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do? Is that what they were doing? No, it says that they were actually coming and they were mocking Him on the cross. They said, oh, if you're, if you're God's Son, then come on down. He, he saved others, He can't save Himself. In the Psalms, it says that they were like dogs of Bashan, going around, mocking Him. What He demonstrates to us is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He chalked the whole thing up to, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. He said, Father, forgive them. It is Him who calls us to this type of forgiveness. It is Him who tells us this story of forgiveness. If we harbor unforgiveness, it will make our lives miserable if we begin to release this. Now, this is not something that we can always do in ourselves. It's something where we often have to come to God and say, Father, help me to forgive this individual. They haven't even asked forgiveness. But Lord, at least in my heart, let me release them. Let me release them. Because I don't want to have to carry this with me. I don't want to have to carry this abuse. I don't want to have to carry this sexual abuse. I don't want to have to carry this abuse that that man did to my child. Lord, let me experience the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. If Jesus calls us to something, He gives us the grace to walk in it. You know, the Bible says, do not pick up another's reproach. Do not pick up another's reproach. What that means is that, say somebody offends Nick, then Nick has, 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 has been offended. God will give Nick grace to forgive that. But if I pick up that offense and say, you did that to my friend Nick, I'll never forgive you. The Bible says, don't pick up another's reproach. That individual never did anything to me. I don't have the grace to forgive in that case. That's another's reproach. Don't pick up another's reproach. God will give you the capability to forgive the things that have come against you because He will never ask us to do something that we are unable to do. 
This is what He calls us to. And if you learn to let things go, to quickly forgive, just let it go. And little things happen all the time in life. If you try to, you know, some, that guy cut me off, I'm going to cut him off. Watch out, you might get killed. In your road rage, you might get killed. And if you don't, the road rage is going to eat you alive. It's going to be hard to walk in what He has for you. You have to let things go. Let it go. It happens in families all the time. All the time. People say to me, um, you know, students will say to me, you don't, you don't, you don't know what my parents said, have said to me. Well, you don't know what my kids have said to me. You know, this thing really works both ways. I mean, there's, there's, there's mean talk in both directions. And it's painful. Let it go. Let it go. You know, sometimes people haven't even come to ask forgiveness, but we can in our own hearts just let it go. Lord, I forgive them in this. I just, just let the thing go. You will have a much more pleasant life You'll have a lot less wrinkles on your face. You'll have less heart disease. You'll be much healthier and much happier. You find a person who is very forgiving and you will see a happy person. You take a person who's got all sorts of things. Oh, that person did me wrong. That person said this. The boss said that. I mean, they're bitter about life in everything. They're bitter about everything. It's an unhappy life. To be without forgiveness. Could Jesus have said it any more strongly? When he says, For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. He said, Lord, that's too hard. I'm just giving you what you asked for. You said, Father, forgive us our transgressions the same way we forgive others. Okay. Okay. You pray the Lord's Prayer. The outcome of it is God answers that prayer. You don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. You'll be turned over to torturers. And the torturers are going to be all in here, in your own mind. It's just going to start to torture you. Right here in this life. You don't have to wait to the life hereafter for the torture. It will torture you in your own mind. It is amazing what God can do when we say, Father, Father, help me. To forgive this person. God answers prayer. He starts to help us to forgive. Starts to be released. And you don't have to live under that anymore. Why take that sexual abuse and bring it into your marriage? Because if a woman is holding this sexual abuse, she's always going to look at her husband a bit, a bit differently. And always feel abused, even in the normal Marital relationship. But you've got to release that. Because your poor husband, he had nothing to do with this. Now it's affecting his life. And it's affecting your relationship. And it's affecting your kid's relationship. That is the torturers who are beginning. Right here in this life. Let it go. Forgive. And God will start to work in your life. And the tortures will be done away with. You resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much.
for Your Word, for the power of Your Word, for the truth of Your Word. Father, I pray that You take these young people, You let them walk in forgiveness. Father, there's many offenses that will come their way in life. Many offenses. Father, I pray that they remember this message and that they would look up to heaven and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And when people come to them and ask forgiveness, that they would be very quick to forgive and move on. Father, I pray for these young people that they would not be turned over to the torturers Father, I pray that they would learn to forgive as you have forgiven us of this huge debt, saving us out of darkness and calling us into your marvelous light. Father, free them from this. Father, for those who have been sexually abused, Lord, I pray particularly for them that they would learn to release this and not have to carry it their whole lives, that the torturers would not torture them with this. Father, I pray for your mercy to be upon them. Let them walk in forgiveness. Father, for those who are quick to anger, Lord, I pray that you'd start to work in their lives another way to let these things go, to forgive quickly, just as you forgive us quickly. Father, I pray you'd let them go. Let they be able to let these things go and that these young people would be free. Father, I pray your, your blessing upon their lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And, and remember, we're, we're leaving the chairs. Yes. All right, thank you, Dr. Short. So as you might notice, Lindsay's not doing the uh, final announcement. And I have a special announcement. <laughs> David got married yesterday. So if you get a chance to see them, uh, make sure you sound great. Congratulations. Um, so we're also looking for help for uh, cooking and setting up breakfast and lunch and really whatever you want to do to give to the give back. Um, some of us are having some plans to uh, move out. And so we're looking for help and support from you guys. So if you're interested in uh, volunteering some time to help cook, learn how to cook. I learned how to cook here. And it's very thankful for that. <laughs> um, please come speak to me or Dr. Tour. I'd be happy to get you plugged in. If you don't like cooking, that's okay. If you want to get involved... Uh, we call it fan, doing worship music. There's lots of